Checking your emails and taking your calls. Ignorant and uninformed. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ignorant and Uninformed, America's favorite podcast. We're coming to you live from beautiful Keystone, Colorado, but you're not hearing it live, that's for sure. We're here in Consensual Studios at 545 Productions, and we, as always, are your excessive hosts, Mr. Max Sarakistan-Sarak. Too damn much. Mr. Benji Pickens. Yo. <laughs> and I am Ben Hollywood Whitmore, and we are Ignorant and Uninformed, where we take your topics and turn them into our show, Max Tell them all about it. Well, first I'm going to introduce our special guest. I was going to wait till afterwards and do a special thing, but you know what? Oh, it's fine. Let's okay. Do it well, no. So this is your podcast because you give us the topics <laughs> and we give you the t-shirts. So please keep the topics coming to us. I thought you just forgot. I'm sorry. No. Uh, Staring right at twi- <laughs> Hey, man. I don't know. Twank us on the Twitters, mm-hmm. add Ig and Un. Questions make the Damn. best topics. Hit us up on the Facebooks. Uh, yeah. You can message the show, become a friend of the show and get your topic to us that way. You can email us, topics at ignorantanduninformed.com, or visit the website, click the topics button, and uh, get them to us that way. Stream the episodes, download the episodes. Uh, yeah, that's what we do. That, yes. That's what we do. And we're joined, as many of you know, we're joined in the in the studio from time to time by very special guests. But we have one of our most specialist guests, Mr. Gary Serac, renowned author, benefactor of the arts, financial planner and advisor, and all around good damn guy. Gary, how you doing? We're doing really well. Excellent. We're glad to have you in the studio. Aww. Now we need a topic to get started. Nice yeah, Dad, if you want to you yeah, dig in there, one find a good one. Going Hopefully deep, it's... God, I hope it's something awkward. Oh, God, I hope it's not something awkward. Yeah. Damn it. Last time it was very awkward. Blowjobs. Okay, Your thoughts. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, okay. Is pleasure absolute or relative? Oh, it's a philosophical question. Who Did I mention who wrote it? Yeah, yeah is their name on Dave it? Dave Weil. Oh, Dave! Shouts out to D Weil out of San Francisco. Dweil. Dweil. There's only three words in the English language that start with D W. Can you name them? Dwindle. Dwindle. Dweeb. Does that count? No, that's a that's a colloquialism Damn. slang. Okay, sorry. Dwarf. Oh, I can't believe I forgot that one. Uh. And you said dwindle. Right? I did say dwindle. Yeah. Yeah, 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 there's one other dwindle, dwarf, and well, there's there's variations on on these words, of course, of course. But dwindle. We are in a dwelling. Dwelling. A dwell. Oh. Dwell is the third word. Hey, good job. That's one each. Good job, team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. See, isn't that cool? Wow. Uh, I saw that was kind of. Then there's like names, like Dwayne. Sure. And Dwyer, I was thinking. Uh, uh, that's the last name, but yes. Anyway. Um, so is pleasure absolute or relative? That's an interesting question. I, I really think it, it is, is a, it's a pretty deep question, too. I mean, it's like, is any emotion or feeling? Well, what do you, I mean, what? Well, let's get, come on, Captain Parameters. I've, I've Well, when, I already know my answer. I, it's relative, I think, because you think back to like, you know, you th- like any anything that can have an influence over your perception of of pleasure or pain or positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, etc., has to be on a relative scale because you've only got your own perceptions to to deal with. And then you know you have people like people say you can feel emotion like on LSD, right? Like if you, your sense of perception is is heightened to a point where regular life now feels dull, dulled, right? But 
if you've never done that, if you've never taken LSD, if you've never had that heightened perception or impaired perception, depending on how you view that, right? Like maybe the the best I've ever felt is is not as good as say, uh, you know, a, a per, like a, a vegan yoga instructor has ever felt because their image. Per, I think it's it's all relative, man. Okay. I don't know why a vegan yoga instructor came to mind. Yeah, it's like the pinnacle of pleasure in because, your mind. No, hey, just that's like, great, just like the, the, the purity with which their body is maintained. Sure. It's like some yeah. Scott Pilgrim shit. Yeah. The, the vegan superpowers. Well, I, I just meant like what? how would you even define absolute pleasure? Like how would you define absolute versus relative? Well, that's what I'm saying is I don't think there is – there's yeah. no such thing as absolute pleasure. No? But like what about – I mean euphoria – is, yeah. Wouldn't that be absolute? Right, but do I feel it the same? It's you know, it's all perception, right? Absolute in the moment, but relative throughout. I, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm thinking in terms of if mm-hmm. it's absolute in the moment, and it would be absolute in the moment. Like the happiest you've ever. Yeah. The the most pleasure you've ever felt. And then it isn't. Uh, then it kind of dwindles. How do you like? I got WDWN. Yeah. Oh, good job. Good job. I didn't even notice. Ah, it, it dwindles later on. Benjamin Hickens just join us. And, and dwell I, don't on. Know, I don't even know whose hat this is I was wearing. <laughs> is it? I mean, First you pulled it off it. your head. So. No, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. I was like, oh, I thought it was a different hat, but it's not. I don't know if this hat's mine. <laughs> kind of interesting. Well, that's good. well you wore it over. So, <laughs> so pleasure, Ooh. is it absolute or relative? And I was arguing that everything is relative. Because yeah. it's based on your own perceptions. That's all you have to compare it to. Well, it's, it's so like, like uh, I mean, if you wanted to get into like uh, like bondage and stuff like that, I think it's a really good example. Some people that's extremely pleasurable, and you know, has, and for but for some people, it like it looks just looks painful and sure. awful to me. You know, sure. But uh, you know, I don't know anything about that. So I'm, I mean, you well, can tattoo. I mean, there's a lot I mean, of examples. It's at least subjective. You know, which would have yeah, pleasure. which would be like relative i guess but mm-hmm. i see the topic i'm curious well because like if you think that anything like any amount of happiness who's dave will dave Weil? Weil. my homie from san francisco, san francisco. Oh, hey thanks dave thanks um, for joining us <laughs> because Long-time like listener first time caller any uh i mean any however you feel like if you feel happy that is relative like you that means you're feeling better than you were if yeah. you're feeling sad that means you're feeling worse than yeah. you were well you right. can, yeah i mean people that are on chemo and puke every day on the day that they don't puke, they're happy. Like that's happy, but that's, they're still sick compared to me. Like it seems miserable compared to like what I'm doing that day. Right. Right. Um, Everything seems relative. That's uh, yeah. Every, uh, almost everything. Everything I'm having trouble nailing down something absolute. Okay. Now your example, the laughter of a child. Well, that's the thing I would say is like, is it societal? Like how societal is some of that? Um, because uh, you know you could get pleasure out of eating if you haven't eaten in twelve days. You know that could be one of the most euphoric experiences. I get pleasure out of day. eating like if I haven't eaten in twelve minutes. No, I know. I'm the same way. Yeah, no, but it's I, so I have good. to give you a story. My father, yes. who is in the financial services world, one of his best friends went into the hospital. He's a very, very wealthy man, and he was not feeling good. My dad went to visit him and. His name was Don, and my dad's 
my dad said, Don, how you doing? And Don turned to my dad, whose name was Stan, and said, Stan, let me tell you something. He said, all the money can't buy the pleasure that I just had. And my dad said, you're in the hospital, Don. You're sick. He said, yeah, but I just took a shit. <laughs> he said, it's my first one in a long time. He said, and believe me, it was worth it. And so you think about that, and you say, yeah, so a true. guy who couldn't really go to the bathroom went to the bathroom. It was like euphoria. It was euphoria. Yeah. So you think about it, and you say, okay, that was pretty absolute. But anyway, my father always told me that story. That might that might well, be like, on the scale of like absolute, like measurable, absolute levels of quantifiable, of quantifiable. But like, there's the of, uh, you know, like the South American villages, you know, all those little I know little villages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, but there's very, days very, when, very little societal yeah. influence. When you might have had some bad you food, know. though, and where, you know, like, and you just, you pray to God you could stop shitting. You know what I mean? Like, also so, true. Yeah. So maybe it's, it, again, it's kind of relative based on the situation. So South American villages. Oh, yeah. They, uh, you know, like, I mean, they take pleasure in things as well. Just they don't have all the they don't have iPads. options, you know, available to them as far as, like, technological options. But they still, like... You know, experience pleasure. Yeah, experience pleasure just in a in a much different way. Okay, maybe you know what I mean. Like, like what? Like one of those like people where that you don't might see. Find, you might look at a Playboy. They're going to look at a curvy piece of wood, and right. you know, find pleasure from that. Okay, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's like a great that. I mean, like right? finding finding that perfect piece of bone okay. that you can fashion into a tool might be just like the ultimate Boom. euphoric experience for a twelve year old boy in a village. Sure. You know, it's the sure. ultimate the ultimate bow or the ultimate whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. I would uh, – laughter? That would be my only – that's the only thing that's coming to my mind as absolute pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like I can think of – Well, it's innate. Like babies – like babies laugh before they're taught to laugh. Precisely. You know. Like it is mm-hmm. the – that is like the expression of pleasure like you know you can cry tears of joy you can cry tears of sorrow right. um there is but i guess there's ironic laughters and there's ironic smiles there's and... certainly a, a, a scale but, a spectrum within but those that. are also like like we do those you know what i'm saying I, I don't feel like you come out learning ironic laughter no like you're taught that you know that's definitely like a learned an environmental behavior. yeah learned sure. behavior man so but but just straight up I tickle you. I have a good time. It's laughing. It's contagious. You know, there's something really innately pleasurable about laughter. So yesterday we were at Copper, Copper Mountain, and that young baby was in there where the music was playing. Did you see that baby, Max? That was Yeah, there was like an infant that was like behind us trying to put his foot in his mouth and stuff. Yeah, and he was also laughing and bopping right to the music. And there's a... A really young baby. It was pretty cool, and and the kid was definitely having fun. And you could just see the smile and and right to the music. Everything was moving right to the tunes. We were actually talking last, last week, week about yeah. about music and how it's so natural, primal, yeah, primal and natural. Beneath, it speaks to us on a different level. I think yeah, it really yeah. does. It speaks to everybody. It's universal. It transcends any kind of culture or anything like that. Okay, so then and there's certainly there's no accounting for for taste in music, of course, but there's you know, but music at its at its most because we all end up with our own preferences for music and stuff, of course, but mm-hmm. you know, a lot of it has to do with I feel like what's what what's popular during your formative years is like the music that you tend to gravitate towards. Well, we were just talking about that with style, yeah, 
like yeah, before, kind of stuck in his style. Totally, like before we yeah. turned on the microphones. That like sometimes, yeah. if you were a trendsetter in high school, you might wear that same style, right, all throughout. Or if you got the compliment from mm-hmm. the foxy girl, the foxy girl, that you said, still have that earring. That yeah. Yeah, precisely, exactly. So, yeah. You know, we get stuck in those because, like, those I, I am very much defined by alt rock of the late nineties. Like that yeah. was like my okay Jesus Jones and all that. Yeah. Jesus Jones, God. <laughs> uh, you know, like no, but like uh, like Pearl Blues Jam. Traveler oh, okay. and like more top uh, Sister Hazel. Like you know, those were like my bands back in 1997. Oh, it's easy to get stuck in that, and I think it's because uh, that's I miss when, the Dave Matthews thing. I never got into. that. I think it's whenever you get it really get into music, right? You know, um, you know, I don't know, man, because I was really into Pink Floyd and stuff like that when I was like uh, in my mid teens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, experimenting but, with uh, yeah. with very hallucinogenics and stuff like that. I really got into Pink Floyd, The Wall, which is an amazing movie to watch uh, in that state of mind. Um, just amazing musical anyway. Just, I mean, it's just an incredible story. I, anyway, whatever. And you're really into that, and then I've changed and stuff like that. So everything to me is like iconic and old. You know, I like to con- – my, my taste can constantly evolve. You know, all it takes is one song to – and then boom, you're into a whole new genre of music, uh, which is kind of cool. Which is that's where like Spotify, Pandora, stuff like that's really, really mm-hmm. good for introducing music out there. Where it didn't used to be, you were kind of used to be at the mercy of the record labels and the popular or radio record stations. Labels. Yeah, yeah that's what, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. It, it was like mostly top forty. You could get some classic rock, but that was still basically top forty music from the '60s. You know. Mm-hmm. Dad, you asked me like in the car. We had this interesting conversation yesterday about um, like really defining yeah. music, right? Bands that defined you or changed you, or yeah. music. It's so influential, you. right? Yeah. yeah, we really were sitting there listening to the radio yesterday, and and a Rolling Stones tune came on. And I said, "Hmm, that was one of my all-time give me shelter." Yeah, and I said, "Reason I like that song is because I love the female. She had a prominent part in that tune. It wasn't just Mick singing, and it was one of the first times I could remember a real strong female presence inside a rock song quite like that. And it, it just really stuck with me, and it's always stuck with me. So, see that part in uh, comfortably numb on the wall, where he's mm-hmm. just all laid out, done after he trashes his hotel room." He's cut his all of his eyebrows and his nipples and everything off, dude. And he's just all spaced out, kind of in that super depressed state. I can't hear that song without picturing that. And it's just, I don't know, man. Like, to me, that's what being a super successful artist becomes. All because of that song, because that's what it was. You know, he rose to, he just, I don't know, man. It's just... You know, like, like, okay. peeled, like peeled out. You know what I'm saying? You've kind of, I don't know, man, like you're just at that bottom part in life. And, you know, but you're still successful. So it's kind of, I don't know, sure. kind of weird. Well, I mean, we also think that we're supposed to feel a certain way when we become. Right, a exactly. Level and of success, I, I thought that one but... was, it's not always pretty. You know, it's not always, you know, obviously it's, it's rarely pretty, actually, <laughs> if you watch documentaries about anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it's just really bizarre. Music's incredible. It's interesting. I was thinking, and I've, we've had this conversation a lot. A couple of weeks ago, we saw McCartney, 
and he was just phenomenal. It was a great show. He played for two and a half hours, nice. never took a break, never took – I don't know how he did it. He didn't even get a drink of water that I could see, but just had a phenomenal program. And one of the things that made it interesting is that he also had the most dialogue. I'd seen him once in Pittsburgh, maybe four years before that, but 74 years old. Maybe he was slowed down a notch, but not much. But what was interesting is his dialogue was so much more between tunes, and that turned out because he had some family there. Hmm. And so he was really more into the night, perhaps. But it was just fascinating. And then I think back of McCartney and the impact it had on my life early because it really shifted my entire taste of music. The Beatles, I mean, it's just – I've heard of them. Yeah. Uh, I read about them in a book once. No, they were uh, really remarkable. Oh, yeah. It just shifted everything, and it really did have an impact on me. And I've it, thought it about it. It can change your whole world. It yeah. can really it change, it can change who you hang out with. It can change because then you – that's one thing I've noticed is, is uh, people with similar taste in music tend to group together. <laughs> like it's definitely something that, that definitely brings people together, you know. Well, no Am I question. talking too loud into it, man? That was going no, on. you're fine. I can yeah. back the phone. You're fine. Now, no question, though, when, when the Beatles came on, soul was the, the main thing. And I was in a minority, a really small minority with the Beatles. I really liked them. And I realized right away that there was a small group of us who enjoyed the Beatles and a whole bunch of people who didn't like us at all mm. and didn't like the whole thing. In fact, it's funny because I started wearing my hair different. I remember my dad and I having uh, words. That was never a good thing. Mm. And because uh, I decided I was going to wear my hair different because I liked the way the Beatles wore their hair. And he said, no, nah, that isn't going to work. And I said, well, you know, I'd wear it one way and I'd leave the house and I'd do it my way. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's how it worked. Yeah, it's very influential, man. And if you, if it catches you in the right the right time, you know what I mean? Like when you hear a certain song, you know, is is as important as what the song is saying, but like when you like you can hear that one song and well, that's time. I mean, that's that's like everything. Timing, yeah. whether you're talking about a book, whether yeah. you're talking about a movie, whether you're talking about a relationship, like yeah. it is the it is like the one oft forgotten. I've got a few songs that like remind me of of past relationships and i'm like i can't listen to that song anymore sure yeah so i i broke up and got back together with this one girl and over over this snow patrol song oh that chasing cars song i hate mm. that song i hate that song i don't think i know it are you sure you don't want to sing it no i don't <laughs> wow i think that's the only time i've ever Let's wait chasing cars the world I don't know. I don't know. If I lay here, <laughs> <laughs> if the, I just lay here, oh, I know that sounds too. awful. Would you lie with me <laughs> and just forget the world? Let it out, man. Let it out. <laughs> I, do, I do know that song. They play it on my do radio you? Okay. station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It still get it still gets some radio. Yeah, it, it was popular but, like like. It was, five, what's interesting six, is how it eight years ago God, can elicit an emotional response years and years and years it just later. Take you back. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's brand they, new. Who was she, Ben? Well, <laughs> who broke your heart? Who cut you? Who Who's the only girl I talk about other than Brittany? my wife? Yeah. <laughs> was it Brittany? Yeah. That girl had, had yeah. some impact. I'm friends with her on, on Facebook, life. man. She's never Are got you? anything good to say about him. Uh, <laughs> I, looked her, I looked her up last time we uh, last time we talked. I'm sure that's the case. <laughs> I, am, I am like a blip on her on her man radar. No, she knows who you are. She knows who you are. I don't think she considers you one of the men she dated, though. Um, Ooh, so harsh. to speak. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Throwing shade. I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. I, I, no, but it. I mean, like, I feel like I took her off my newsfeed. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. 
you know, for you, man. After all those pictures. Yeah. yeah. They say, uh, no, I mean, music is definitely, for me, tied really strongly to to my memory, you know. Um, a song can bring back. Pleasurable? Just hear a song. Man, just things, you know, just, just memories. It's just, I'd say music probably triggers more memory in me than anything else. More than you know? smell? They say no, they smell, say smell is, is the most, yeah, but I, probably music, I would say. Is is well is my biggest like external input that puts me somewhere else. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure smell is probably up there too. But for me, it just seems more noticeable well, that smell it's music. is so subtle. I think like it's you know you walk into a room that smells like you know a, a house cobbler. You used to, like a, your friend's house when you were yeah. four. You don't really notice it, but suddenly you're thinking about it. Like, no, it's true. No, that's and that and that's a strong one too. Mm-hmm. Like that's a strong memory. You know, it comes back pretty deep with that. Yeah. Well, I also think yeah. that we like. I'm not entirely sure our sense of smell is what it's been in the past. Like I would say, of those of the five senses, that's the one that's being the most degraded. Because yeah, you um, don't need it to hunt or eat or anything anymore. Yeah, I mean, like I know you don't it's need intimately it for tied to, I don't even, to I don't taste, but yeah, I mean, like of. Like of the four of us in this room, like would you list smell as one of your strongest senses? No, I'm yes. sensitive to weird yeah. smells. I I would list smell, and okay. it's funny, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Linda and I, uh, back in the day, uh, we had lived in this house, and we needed to move, and I'd had some issues with this house, so I put Linda on it. Said, let's go find another home. So we go walk into this house. And I walk in the kitchen. She had just made chocolate chip cookies. Mm. And I could smell the chocolate chip cookies. And there was lemonade on the table. It didn't smell lemonade. But the chocolate chip cookies just went through that house. We own that house now, by the way. And uh, another home I walked into just recently, they had muffins. Mm. And she had just made those muffins. They were blueberry <laughs> muffins. And I walked in and I said, okay, I really like this house. I mean, it was the Gary's sense- like, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't buy that one, thank God. But nonetheless, though, it's just fascinating how I, I related to that. Mm-hmm. And I've never forgotten. It's been 15 years. Now, does that take you back to – is that tied to something else, man? Does that take you back to like your grandparents or something like that to where – We're getting deep. Yeah, we are. So here's a, here's a weird story. Um, third grade, a uh, long time ago, uh, past centuries. Anyway, no, but it's, it's a long time ago. So I walk mm-hmm. into my third grade class and that day one of the mothers had baked bread and brought fresh bread in and we made butter. Mm. And I smelled that fresh bread that had been baked, mm-hmm. and we made our butter, and we toasted it. And that's the first time I ever had fresh-baked bread and, and butter. And that aroma of that fresh-baked bread, I drive by a bread factory, and I'm like going, my left my left shoulder starts twitching. I mean, there's <laughs> no question. I'm into it. It's just amazing what yeah. happens. Yeah. Interesting. And that's all linked to your sense of smell, which is linked directly to your memories, which is – I find that fascinating. I, just, I find noodles and gravy. Hmm. Like the smell of that like fresh, did, like did rolled Mima? noodles. Yeah, my grandmother, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, my my stepdad's mom, uh, who ended up dying of diabetes because she, she cooked like Paula Dean. Shit was unreal good food. I mean just – you know, she was one of those – Yeah, everything was big tubs of Crisco. She had to have the big tubs of Crisco, man, fresh fried chicken. In, you know, mm-hmm. a four-inch, you know, uh, cast-iron skillet with three inches of Crisco in there. And, uh, I mean, dude, it was unbelievable. She got up in the morning at 5 o'clock in the morning. She'd roll her own dough, and she'd make noodles and gravy. And that was kind of our – that was the start she had for breakfast, biscuits, huge, huge breakfasts and stuff like that. Mm. So, like, every time I smell a, a really big breakfast or, 
or like noodles and gravy. Like even chicken and dumplings kind of smells like noodles and gravy. Um, so it reminds me of like I'm instantly, boom, yeah. back at that, back in the kitchen at my grandparents' house, you know, in, you know, and I, I could see where if I walked into a house that was being sold, you know, that's, that's a really underutilized tool with realtors. Mm-hmm. They should absolutely just be baking cookies or pies or something all day. So when people come in, it triggers pleasant oh, memories. It's true. You that's know, a great idea. Because it also reminds me of the holidays. Be someone who does that? I'm you sure that oh, yeah. there's people that do that. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. sure they do. Yeah, yeah. Work for me. <laughs> I think it works on airlines too. I think just the uh, it, it's it's uh, it's pacifying. Just yeah. the smell of fresh baked cookies in the oven on the airplane. I, I think say, but very who used pacifying. to do that? There well, was I, an airline that used to bake. Who was that? Frontier before Frontier? This yeah. They okay. Had fresh cookies. Otis yeah, Spunkmeyer cookies. Yep. Yes. That's right. So here's an interesting thing from the mall days, and and I haven't been in malls for a long time, but there used to be cookie shops in the mall, mm-hmm. and they would bake cookies, and they would blow the cookie aroma right into the, the you know the alleyway the you're walking down. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I it would be like a magnet, man. They'd they'd pull them out of the oven, and people would just start go, lining up. Popcorn is the Cinnabon same way. The, the they vent the popcorn. Yeah, they vent the popcorn machine so it gets as and a movie theater. Er, yeah, yeah everywhere well, that you can. Dickie's Barbecue, like the barbecue yeah. joint in like the plaza by Kinko's, yeah. like they they blow all of their yeah their aroma of smoking meat. Ooh, yeah, yeah, totally out Ooh, barbecue. Yeah. I'm good. No, no and it works because you can drive by Dickie's, Dickies and all of a sudden you're in the mood for barbecue because <laughs> there's few yeah. foods that smell as good as barbecue. You're not going to drive by a Pizza Hut and be like. Mm. You know, but you drive by a damn barbecue place, and of course that's probably different for everybody. My wife can probably smell my favorite ice cream. Was Sunny's that was my favorite barbecue chain. Mm-hmm. Sunny's barbecue. Uh, I think it was a, mostly a southern thing. Yeah, I've seen Sunny's. I've, yeah. In fact, I've eaten in Sunny's. It's that's very good. good. Yeah. They have like this, like kind of like sweet baby Ray's sweet sauce. Okay. Oh mm-hmm. man, so good. Did you ever yeah. do uh, like Big Bob Gibson? We didn't have that. Gibson's Barbecue? We had that. We had Bubaloo's. We had uh, oh. Bubaloo's Bodacious Barbecue. That was a yep. chain in Florida. That least. sounds about right. Probably everywhere. Probably was, in the northern part of Florida. Oh, I don't know. There's, in the redneck uh, part. There's uh, Bubaloo's. What was the other one? There's another like big chain of barbecue restaurants. I don't know. It's gone. We, we used to go to a place called Mom's Barbecue when I was a kid. It was like red and white checkered. Tablecloths, um, sliced white bread for your bread, like the you know, like Wonder pats bread. of butter. Yeah, just straight up Wonder Bread, man. And that place was, I agree. Yeah, I just grew so up. So we're all talking. We're talking about a lot of these like pleasurable experiences that we have. Like, is did, did, at some point does that become like a benchmark of? I'm getting, I'm trying to get us back on top. Well, I, I can tell. Thinking, I yeah, I was thinking you know? just what you're. Th- in fact, the timing is right because I'm saying to myself, okay, I have an absolute memory of walking in that house mm-hmm. and smelling, you know, the, the chocolate chip cookies, the muffins. I mean, that's that's just there, and and yeah. I'm not sure. I, you I don't probably know measure your experience in other houses and walking into them for the first time against that. There, mm-hmm. There's some kind of. It becomes a standard. Yeah, watermark there. Well, it also, I mean, it has to, you know, physiologically, man. I mean, there's got to be some endorphin flow there. You know, something that says, boom, this is it. This is the one. Because, you know, and the cookies got to be a part of that, you know. But in a in a, in a in a measurable sense, of course, it's talking about on the scale of, like, absolute. There's literally, I think, I remember reading somewhere, there's literally, like, no limit to the amount of endorphins that you your brain can receive like you could just keep pumping and like eventually you'll burn out and die but 
Well, because it's all based on receptors, though. Right. So, like, theoretically, like, if you... At what point do you get bored? Well, that's exactly it. Like, that's why it's not, like, I think it's a finite amount because, like, you can flood all you want of your brain with different... With different feel-good chemicals, but if it doesn't latch on to the things there that make you feel good, then... So is there a cap, then, I guess, is my... Like, uh, yeah, I think so. You can stop I think physiologically. pleasure at some point. Sure, or else you can't... I mean, you can't stay high forever. So you know, I'm really thinking about this... Uh, I'm thinking a lot about... <laughs> this is so stupid. Warhammer 40K. Like, so there's there's four chaos gods, and one is... is uh, Named Slanesh and is is the god of excess, the prince of pleasure, mm-hmm. and and it's it's uh, so it's it's also like it's it's the the followers of Slanesh are you know it's a little bit like kind of they got into the eighties like you know S and M type kind of black leather you know that kind of thing yeah they're British we forgive them right they're British so you gotta you know they gotta get it out somehow got his B and D army that's funny man. Yeah. yeah but like but they're but. It's more. It was more about like just the 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 stimulation of all the senses and, uh, you know, in like so the like pain and pleasure and rage and 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 you know and and sadness and happiness and just like flooding your system, and then eventually you became like an addict essentially like to battle in in this in the realm of this game that I'm obsessed with currently. But mm-hmm. you know, so it's just so it's it's just kind of interesting. I keep thinking about that, like because it was and it was. They were addicts in the sense that, like, they would, you know, kind of just go create battle crazy and just attack each other and, you know, other people just just to get that flood of emotion of of Chasing stimulation the dragon, man. and just trying try well, to get Yeah, it's a, it, there's an evolution. Ah, come there, and get me. Ah, come and get me. There's definitely an evolution there that that you know you're going to grow grow tired of things. After sure. a while, then it has to evolve into something else. Yeah, into something if, we, else. if you have access to anything, whenever you want it, then you get. Yeah. See, that's where I think that I would have, I think I would have been weird. You know, like I'm weird now, you know what <laughs> I mean? On. But like, yeah. well, like if I, like I was, if I was born into the, you know, the Carnegie family or the, or, or you know, like one of those okay. families where you, where no one for five generations has actually worked. Okay. Where you just, you know, you're, you're just expected to do, or then you're going to be you're the like CEO cool of a company. Yeah. Something like that, man. I don't think I would have done well with that. Because I, I reach a uh, a saturation point so quickly with things, huh. you know, I'm interested and then I'm not interested. I think I I think I would have devolved uh, yeah. to uh, I you know animalistic. I can I can see where where those types of people, you know, when you can afford any pleasure that's out there, like you almost have to start. You, you, you got to get extreme. Weird stuff. Yeah, you got to yeah. get extreme. So when you start hunting people, yeah, and that's when you start hunting people, and that's where I feel where like I would be. Come from. Yeah, in my forties, I think I would be hunting people by now. Yeah, you know, just based right. on you know having to struggle and you know and and afford my own happiness, yeah. man. Like I think if I had just everything given to me, I think I would be weird for sure. That's yeah. why I think I think it is. It absolutely is a relative thing. Yeah. Like it, it just. I think there's certain things we can all relate to. But where that falls on your own personal spectrum, I think, really is 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 an individual thing. I think it's an absolute Relative. that it's we're we're born being able to receive pleasure, to or feel sense pleasure, to know what pleasure is. But where do you go? As far as that goes, I think it you know it's it's multicultural. Mm-hmm. I think it, you know, but relative to what triggers those feelings. Yeah. Okay, sure. sure. Okay, Dad, what do you think? Well, I was just thinking about something that happened a long time ago. A kid that you knew. Uh, I coached uh, Max's baseball team, and we had three Russian kids show up on our team 
the day after the draft, and the guy that ran the league, uh, his name Nick, he came to me and said, hey, you have a really good team. You have three new players. I said, great. Well, there are three kids from Russia who had never seen a baseball in their whole life, never played baseball, and couldn't speak English. It was really interesting to work with them. But one of them told me when he did learn how to speak English that the most amazing thing, the most uh, pleasurable thing he'd ever encountered was walking into Fisher Foods, which is our local grocery store, mm -hmm. because he had never seen food before. It was always so scarce where he came from. Wow. And like an abundance in, of food like that. Please. He just started crying. He said he cried uncontrollably, and his whole family did, because none of them had ever seen anything quite like seen that. so much food in one place. And, wow. And when they had been so hungry and so so limited, you know, we'd wait in line for three hours for a loaf of bread and a, and a a half gallon of milk or a quarter milk. And he said it was just a, such a different world. And I was thinking about that when he told me and he said, yeah, he said, he said, yeah, I really cried. And he said it was tears of joy and happiness. And it, it, he said, I've just never seen anything quite like it. Puts, puts it a little bit yeah. in perspective, I think, too. About well, like, when all that yeah. becomes commonplace, yeah. when when food, shelter, like all the basic necessities are met, and a matter of fact, they just become completely commonplace, then you can start <laughs> – Watching a bunch of movies to get drama. <laughs> then you can watch the Kardashians to get drama. Well, thanks for downloading and listening to Ignorant Uninformed. We went a little over today, guys. But Sorry, man. Thanks so much for joining us. And Gary Serac, thanks so much for being our guest in the studio. Thank you so much, sir. My absolute pleasure. Absolutely. <laughs> I see what he did there. I see what he did. Hey, make sure you download all the podcasts at ignorantanduninformed.com. Send us your topics to topics at ignorantanduninformed.com. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash ignorantanduninformed. Or twank us on the Twitter at ig and un. We're going to be back next week with a brand new epidose of hot-ass freshness. we got to thank our, our hosts one more time, Mr. Max Sarakistan Sarak. The Dwarf Dwelling Gwindles. <laughs> Mr. Benji Pickens. Yeah, we got Sarak squared. Here, and I, like I am I like Ben it. Hollywood Whitmore. We're going to be back next week with a brand new episode of Hot Ass Freshness all up in your grill. Peace out.